Well, well, well. Hey, everybody. It's Davida Life Coach. Welcome back. Happy summer. I hope everything is going fabulous for everyone. And I am so glad to return. It's been a while, but let's catch up. Today, we have a guest. Her name is Elizabeth Lovos. Hopefully, I am pronouncing her last name correctly. And she is from the Northern Virginia area. We are going to talk today about grit and what that really means to her. And most of you know that word, but I'm going to see what does she know about that word when we hear the word grit. You know how sometimes they'll say, well, you just have to, you just have to have grit. You have to just persevere and just keep on. So today's topic, we're going to talk about how Elizabeth kept on on her journey. So let me start by introducing Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How's it going? It's going really great. Okay. So how was the ride here? It was pretty good. I mean, I'm glad that coming on this side of uh, Virginia, there's not too much traffic versus Northern Virginia. That side has not gotten too crazy now, so. Super. So tell us about exactly what area in the Northern Virginia area do you live in? Well, I was born in Fairfax County and um, growing up um, being near D.C. was a lot for us to, you know, not have Um, to worry about a car but as I came into my teenage years we came down to the area of um, Spotsylvania and Fredericksburg so we came in that little nook area that's just right below northern Virginia and there's just a lot that has developed in the last 10 years a lot of craziness of hustle and bustle now because before it used to be just woods and nothing there but now we just have a bunch of stores a lot of things growing a lot of people moving there so it's a lot oh is your family there now tell me are you married any kids what's your yeah what's your story I'm married um, with my husband Frank and I have my son Gabriel and um, my parents live in the area, his parents live in the area. Uh, we have family that live throughout Northern Virginia and Central Virginia, so we're all pretty much in this area. I just have a few people in Maryland or New Jersey, but I mean, I, I can definitely say it's, it's been a lot for us within the last couple of years, finally being able to settle down. Oh, okay, and I understand, I think you said you bought a, you bought a new house, another house, correct? Is yes, that, yeah. we just moved into uh, our new home. Um, we were living in a townhouse out in Locust Grove for a little bit, but now that we're, both my husband and I are commuting, he just got transferred to Washington, D.C., so it's, it's been a lot for us being able to finally get moved in and now really settle down because my son's going to be starting kindergarten. So the last couple of years, and even more than a couple of years, have been hard. So us, you know, talking about grit really, like, strikes a passion with me because I, I've been through a lot, even through my younger life and my adult life. So it's just something to me that is so important. So give me, you know, when you say that, and I'm glad you used the word for all of the listeners out here so that we can have a real awesome story. Give me a story that you used grit, that you think it took everything in your power, that grit was needed to, you know, from the beginning to the end of whatever you encountered. Can you share with us a story? 
So this um, story is so special to me because uh, growing up, I had a lot of times where I felt very sick or I felt um, something was going on with my body, but many times I'd go to the doctor, they would say, no, we don't find anything, everything's fine. Even into my adulthood, um, I had a very rough pregnancy and um, after my pregnancy, I still felt kind of sick, but I, I was just telling myself, oh, it's a new mom jitters, you know, moms are always tired, moms always have to, you know, get up in the middle of the night, so it must be nothing big. And as I started recuperating from my pregnancy, I just felt even more ill. And I told myself, I got to get to the doctors. I, I, I really got to get you know, the answer to the bottom of this, because I started feeling very drained, very fatigued. Doctors kept telling me, no, everything's fine. And I just thought to myself, nope, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go somewhere else. So I went to a specialist, went to my OBGYN, and I told her, I need you to help me find out what's wrong. Some Something's not right. So and it wasn't like postpartum, after your pregnancy, or depression? So no. you're saying physically mm-hmm. something was yes. wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, I felt very sick and weak. Um, and I even thought maybe it's because I'm working long hours. I, I had just you know started working with social services, and I thought maybe just the, the front desk of like standing and running around all day, maybe I'm just overworking because at that time I was also doing over eight hours helping out other units and even my husband would tell me that I would look very pale very sick and I'm like okay I'm gonna find out what's what's going on so went to the my OBGYN she was like all right let me try to do some tests and tests came back normal but I kept telling her I was like doctor something's going on and we we got to find out what's going on went to a neurologist neurologist said that they couldn't find anything and I told him, I'm like, I, I can't give up. There's something that's not right because I started getting migraines. I was, my body was just telling me something's not right. And as I started going from doctor to doctor, there was a lot of issues trying to get into specialists, like three, four months out, sometimes six months out. I was even going to Richmond. I was going to um, Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., and I thought, I'm not going to give up. I, I got to find an answer. So it came into where I started feeling um, even more sick, where I couldn't walk too much, where I was just so exhausted. I couldn't get up in the morning. And I thought to myself, like, okay, I, I really need to get to the emergency room. I went to the emergency room and they thought that I had the flu. They said, here's some Tamiflu. Go ahead, go home, take it took it for a couple days I still felt awful and I told myself nope something's not right I gotta keep on trying so I ended up having to go back to the ER because I had a migraine that would just not break for almost three four days I was crying in pain and by that second time they they just told me at the ER sorry we don't we don't have any answers for you other than we could just do more testing but there's there's not really much that we're finding and I kept explaining to them I've been trying to get into specialists some something's wrong something inside me is telling me that it's it's something that's going to come up soon and I remember this was close to Valentine's Day my husband had said that he had set up for us to go to dinner but I just I felt so awful I started feeling feverish and I started having chest pain and I kept telling myself all these symptoms are just adding up and adding up and getting worse and I didn't want to go to the ER 
I went to the urgent care center. They um, took me in, did my vitals, and they did an x-ray, and the nurse practitioner came out and said, ma'am, you need to go to the hospital now. And I said, are you sure? Because I've been there several times and they can't find an answer. And she said, no, you're going to go there now. I'm going to send documentation with you. You're going to get a CT scan today. So I went to the hospital and it was one of the worst days to go because we waited about 14 hours and um, they had somebody that was in cardiac arrest, so they were just trying to get that person attended. But by the time the doctor came in, he was just apologizing for us waiting so long. I even told my husband, I'm like, can I just go home, sleep, and come back? I'd probably still be having them wait in this room. Um, so when the doctor came in, he, he basically explained to us if we had a family oncologist and mind you my my grandmother um has battled cancer for so long so I just thought to myself I mean my grandmother has an oncologist but why why would I need an oncologist I mean I've gone to neurologists OBGYN I tried getting into infectious disease and and all the other specialists that I could and I said why oncologist and he said we need to get you um to an oncologist because this is cancer related and I said, are you sure? I'm, I'm not even that old. I, how? And I've been here a couple times. Like, how does that happen? And now, now, how old were you? when? Because you said you're not even that old. So in 2018, I was uh, 24. Oh, my God. This happened. So, you were 24. Yes. Oh, my God. So I asked him, because I told him, I'm like, it's the same thing with specialists trying to get in. I I can't get anybody to see me because he said, we we need to get you in as soon as possible. And I said, doctor, if you can help me get, you know, seen by someone, you know, I'll go ahead and take the appointment because I've been trying to get these, uh, you know, symptoms resolved for months. And he said, well, hold on, I'll be right back. He went to the back, um, spoke with someone and came back and he said, um, I have uh, an oncologist that can actually see you. We're we're gonna get you taken care of. Um, I'm gonna have him call me back because we're trying to get him to look at all your records. And he came back and he told me he was like, this doctor. Um, he was like, he's gonna take good care of you and you're gonna be seen tomorrow. So we. Wow, went, that was quick. We went back home and just pondered in our head like cancer related. So oh we're just God. like, we'll 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 leave it to God. We'll wait to see you know what they have to say. Went to the appointment, and um, the explanation that they could only give me at that time was a blood cancer. So I just thought to myself, blood cancer, like, wow, it, whatever they were explaining had to be um, in my chest area. So I thought, I don't know, how does that correlate? But after all the testing, after all the information, the scans, they had to um, have me go through uh, biopsy surgery. And at the biopsy surgery, even my husband um, was waiting out in the lobby um, because at one point the surgeon said that it could be an infection, but he came out to talk to my husband and he said, I'm sorry, this this is not an infection, this is cancer. Oh my God. So when we finally got all the information, the doctor said, if I had waited or if I did not listen to my inside person of you know, keep on trying, keep on going. Intuition, yeah. He said, I I would have already been into stage three. O-M-G. I, I was in the last stage of what they call right before stage three, their classification system. 
so it by that time it it already reached around my heart around my lungs and I kept telling him, well, obviously I felt like something was going on. So I so knew. That's int- yeah, so your body was actually giving you these symptoms that was not usual mm-hmm. for you. And you just, it was the, the energy that you were feeling that shifted, that just kept you yes. with the grit. Yes. You know, as we're I, speaking of, yeah, where yeah. you were determined, that determination of, I know this is not my normal feeling. So something has to be going on. Otherwise, you would probably think it's my head I'm imagining and the body is always like that. There, there yeah. were many times that I did have doubts and I kept... Oh my God, did you I kept, really? I kept telling myself, you know, the doctors aren't finding anything, but inside I just kept telling myself something is not right, how sick I feel. So so it was a cancer... So, so let me just make sure I get this straight. So... Because of the fact that it was in the, it's the, so it was the blood cancer you're saying is what they're telling you. Yes, they were saying in my lymph nodes. Okay, so okay. So they were saying that um, lymphoma is pretty much the sister cancer of leukemia. Okay, okay. So with leukemia and lymphoma, they're similar, but they have. That's good for our listeners to hear all this, you, yeah. They have different characteristics. So with lymphoma, because many times people will say, well, is there surgery? What are other options? Um, everything happened so fast. The doctor was explaining to me that he wasn't going to do radiation uh, for sure. The definite point of treatment would be six months of chemotherapy because with surgery, you can't remove your lymph nodes. That, right. That's, I was going to say, yeah, that's a That's little, your immune yeah, system. Yeah, absolutely. not something that they do with any kind of patient. And I just was asking him, you know, with chemotherapy, if it's six months, like, how does this work? And he said, every other week, he'll have to come in. And I even thought to myself, what really is chemotherapy? I, I hear it with my grandmother. I hear it on um, TV or, you know, movies. But there's many different types. There's pills um, and the infusions that they have. It, it just depends on the medication, how long it is. There are some patients that are there for a full day with just an IV, um, eight hours of getting medication pumped oh, in. Oh, my God. Um, my chemo infusion was about, I'd say, five or six hours. Um, so for me, when I had my very first round, um, because the chemo itself has different phases of types of medication, it had to be in specific order. So there was um, an IV bag that they put in... Um, steroids and they had to put me on three types of anti-nausea medicine through the IV and a huge needle of um, a shot for um, anti-nausea that would go in my stomach and that was the one thing I told myself I cannot wait until treatment's over to not get that shot anymore um, so it was just something really impactful to me when I first came into that infusion suite seeing many different types of patients but I was the youngest I was the youngest for sure 24 years oh yeah so I walked in and I would see families with um, their loved ones and many of them that would bring in books or have music playing but I was nervous myself I, I just didn't know what to expect so my first infusion that was a couple of hours in and I already felt the intensity of the chemo medicine. I mean, there are even nurses that are there that if something happens, they'll page the doctor and they have someone available. But um, 
the intensity of the chemo drug is so harsh that if the drug is even dropped on the floor, they cannot even touch that with their own hands. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself, this is what's going into my body. System, yeah, powerful. Yeah, It's, it's something really hard. And I, I even told my husband, I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but I'm going to try. After my first session, I could barely walk. I could barely talk. I was so exhausted. It was just like something was sucking the life out of me. Um, but... I had so much support with my parents. My parents helped me a lot with my son because at that time my son didn't understand. No, he you know, was how old? He was two. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was two. So he just didn't understand. You know, I had to be away sometimes. And as I started progressing through that first round, my second round. Um, so you had now how how many weeks were you on this? Um, for six months. So oh, goodness. it was just every other week. And by my second round, I ended up in the hospital just from like a reaction from the medication. So that was just like a, a rough first time because I, I could even hear my mom explaining to me that my son was looking for me. And I thought to myself, I got to keep going. I got to oh. get through this. I, I got to find a way to get back home. Grit. And that, yeah, those, that was one thing that I just kept telling myself, what, whatever happens, I know that it's gonna, there's going to be a light at the end. So after the second round, we came into what we didn't know, but the nurse, I don't know if she was new or they had recently transferred her, but she even made the mistake of giving me the wrong dose of chemotherapy drug. So I was extremely sick. And in that same week, uh, my husband and I, because he had proposed right before I was diagnosed, we were trying to actually have a ceremony. Oh, my. Oh so, my God. and all of that had to be approved oh by the doctor. God. Oh, you are absolutely the queen of grit. <laughs> <laughs> and I told myself, I'm like, it's not about the dress. It's not about, you know, the wig, everything that I had bought. It wasn't even about that. I just told my husband, as long as we're getting through this together, that that was just the end result. And getting through feeling even more sick when she gave me the incorrect dose. And the doctor, I will definitely say, was very admirable to admit, you know, the, the actual truth. You know, not that many doctors are going to be willing to admit and, and apologize for that. So he knew that I, I wanted to be in good hands. And he, he was a very respectful doctor. So I just kept trudging along. I kept telling myself, all right, we got to keep going. And then right in the middle of treatment, uh, my husband gets into a car accident with my son and the car gets totaled. Oh my goodness. So I tell myself, I'm like, all right, we, we gotta figure things out. So we, we ended up trying to figure out how to get another vehicle. Then towards, um, we're getting towards the end of treatment and I just was feeling so restless. You know, my hair had fallen out so quick. The chemo drugs, they, have a way of where they change your body so much. I had gained so much weight from all the steroids and I just felt so tired of not being able to eat good because there are times that it changes your taste. Oh my gosh. So yeah. they even told me if you have chemo, don't eat your favorite food because that's not going to be your favorite food anymore and the, it changes a lot. And that's a, a long time. Yeah, for six months if you had to go through that, that is it, half a year. It changes your life a lot. Everything is, you're pretty much 
you think, you know, it made me think about my routine every day, getting up for work, getting my son ready, you know, getting the hustle and bustle of coming back from work, dinner, and, you know, getting everything sorted out. And I kept telling myself, I I didn't realize how much I appreciated that routine, yeah. how that was something yeah. that I, I didn't even think I would miss. And when I got towards the end of treatment, all I wanted to do was, oh, I, I want to, you know, get back to normal, go back to working and back to doing what, you know, I can do to help my son. And I kept telling my husband, you know, hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But at, at, at the very end, I was very sick. And I just told my husband at one point, I said, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to finish. And I had a, a real conversation with my doctor because I asked him, is that normal for, for cancer patients to feel like that towards the end? Is that something that's common? And he said, yes, the, there are patients that, you know, feel very hesitant at the end. But he was he was telling me um, after we just got my scan back that most of the cancer was already gone. And he said, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. So just win this race and get to the end. And I, that's what I just kept telling myself. Keep going. Keep going. That is awesome. That your story is like I said, that is just awesome. So let me ask you this, because that that was powerful. And that was 2018. We're now in 2021. How now do you see life? If you could give me one word, what would your word be? Precious. Precious. Absolutely. Along with time. Absolutely. Time is precious. And many times I tell myself, even for my son, you know, I I put him at the light of everything about what what can I do for him, what I need to do for him. You know, it wasn't my time to leave and I made it through. And I even finishing treatment still at the end of the day, whatever I do, I try to exceed even more. What can I do even better? What what skills can I learn? What experiences can I have? Because I don't feel like that cancer treatment was my only life experience. Oh my God, yeah. You're going to impact so many people. And just imagine, um, I you know, know that the listeners that are listening to this, that anybody that may be going through just anything right now, just to hear this story, and perhaps they may be just on just the last leg of just feeling so down, just I know this story will empower them. I know just hearing about a 24-year-old at the time that was encountering something so catastrophic in this, you know, on every level. And here you are with a child that, you know, you knew you had to, not just for yourself, but here's this child wondering that could not have any ideal of what his mom was going through. And not only that, your husband at the time, or to be husband, husband now, um, so that's a lot to encounter, uh, you know, along your journey for anybody, not just for a 24-year-old, but for anybody. And I just, I, I can't imagine, um, like I said, the, the, how many people all over the masses that you will reach telling this story because you have such a powerful testimony to really share with not just the listeners, but everybody you encounter. And imagine what you will do with this story and beyond your other experiences that will come into play to add in addition to this. 
I want to just take this opportunity to thank you because like I said, this has been powerful just hearing your journey. And if you get a chance, we would love for you to come back and perhaps do another podcast with us. Uh, I do know, yeah, that you have another engagement, so I'm not going to hold you, but I just thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Of course. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me here on your podcast. Everybody has a life journey and I just wanted to share a little bit of mine. And even to this day, I have so much respect for any cancer patient. Each person's journey is so individual that this is just something that I wanted to share with everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I thank the listeners for returning and listening and We will hear, or I should say, you will hear from us next week on DeVita Podcasts. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. And so we are out. DeVita Life Coach, thank you.